We're continuing or completing this series uh, called Created for Connection. Created for Connection. Bible says this, uh, right at the outset, God created Adam. He was walking in a perfect garden with a perfect God, in perfect unity with God. And he looked at him and said, it's not good that man should be alone. You were not created to do life just with you and God. Not created to do life alone. You are created to do life with God and the sense of filling the gap in your heart that only He can fill, but also with relationship and, and friends and, and divine connections that God has for you and I. And so today, that, that's the title of my message. I spoke to, uh, a few, two weeks ago about the fact that we all need uh, some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's in our life, some people who will go through life with us through the fiery furnace and iron sharpens iron and encourages us. We all need some, some Jethro's who will give us wisdom and mentor us who are further down the track than us. They may be younger, they may be older, but they've got experience that's going to help us. And we all need some Mephibosheths. That's right. I said it right. We all need some people that we're pouring our life into. We're, we're making their life better because we're part of their world. And today I want to conclude by just, I want to talk about divine connections. God-ordained connections. I believe that God's got people for you and people for me that uh, before we were created, He said, now, I've, I've called this person with this specific destiny on their life, but they're only going to have about 10 or 20% of that destiny in themselves. I'm going to need to connect them to other people who, have, who carry their destiny as well. You're like, like a jigsaw puzzle. You're incomplete on your own. And so I believe God ordains connections. He ordains relationships. He ordains, they're not just random. They're not just haphazard. They're, they are divinely appointed, divinely set up connections for our life. These are, these are moments uh, when you, there's uh, synergy that comes in those relationships. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And so there's this sense that uh, on your own, you can achieve this much, but when you're with the right people, this much, your purpose in your life. That's why uh, it's important who you marry. I look at Brandon and Kathy here as they're, as they're uh, you know, encouraging one another and, and keeping one another accountable. And I go, this is a divine connection. Without him, Kathy wouldn't be half the woman that she's been. And without, without and Brandon said, amen. And without uh, Kathy, Brandon will be, who knows what he'd be. But he, he'd be, <laughs> uh, we, won't, we won't go there. So, so, you know, it matters, just let, let me talk to the young people or the single people in the house, it matters who you marry. Yeah. Your, 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 the, your connection to the right person who's got a complimentary calling to you matters. Don't, don't uh, fall short, don't, don't sell yourself short to marry just Mr. That'll Do. Come on, Mr. Available. Mrs. or Miss Available. <laughs> she's Mrs. She's not available. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Wait and wait. And you're better actually to be single and to marry a person who you're not complimentary with in their calling. Your spouse is in the house. It might not be this house, but they're in the house of God following or loving God. And if they're not yet, they might be in the future. 
So just wait for that right person. I'm not making eye contact or prophesying over anybody, but you can feel it if, I, if, I, if God's speaking to you right now. You're married, that, that's a divinely appointed relationship. Okay, it's a, it's a divine connection. Then there are other people who come into your world and, and they, carry, they carry part of the call of God for you in their life. They carry part of your future in their life. Now that's not popular in our individual Western world. In our individual Western world where we put up high fences and gates across the front of our house and we live in our own little thing. And I hopped on a plane to Perth the other day and literally uh, on the the, uh, Virgin Channel it came up. It's like uh, we've got hundreds and hundreds of movies so you don't have to have a conversation with the person beside you. That's the world we live in. Be, be isolated, be independent. I want to tell you right now, living isolated and independent is a miserable way to live and it will not allow you to thrive. Now you can be a Christian, you know, you can get, get to heaven without being divinely connected, but you will not thrive in your God-given purpose or calling without divine connections. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm connected to you. And if you met them for the first time, maybe that was the divine connection moments. Now, understanding this, and we're going to unpack a little bit of how this works today, what you've got to understand then, the devil knows that your future is connected to the divine connections, and he will do everything he can to dislocate you and I from those relationships that our future is locked up in. He will try and distract us. He'll try and, he'll try and get us so busy that we're not able to be in community and relationship. He'll try and get us offended. He'll, he'll do all sorts of things to knock us out of those relationships. I don't know if you've ever had a dislocated uh, body part, like a shoulder or a finger or whatever, and I see it sometimes on the, on the footy. And by the way, who got up early and watched the soccer this morning? How many soccer fans have we got? Uh, uh, there we go, Get the commitment. Who only watches it once every four years? Yeah, okay, there's a few of you. All right. Who's a true believer? Come on, it's true soccer. There's, there you are. I see you. All right, I love that. Okay, for, if you again, got no idea, don't worry. Just let that go over your head. Stay with us. Um, but I've watched football and they'll have a dislocated finger and they're just looking over here and someone's like, I've got to go crack, crank, put it back in a place or a shoulder. And I hate, you see it periodically in a believer's life where they've been dislocated from the body and they're in pain and agony and don't really know how to handle it. And sometimes there just needs to be some, some truth that goes, bam, reconnect and get some healing going. Now, this is not my message today, but I listened this week. I would encourage, if you've never, well, actually not if you've never, I would encourage everybody in the next week to listen to a message by John Bevere called The Bait of Satan. Uh, it's, it's a life-changing, uh, d- direction, connection-changing ch- uh, kind of message. So you can, I listened to it this week, go to YouTube, Google John Bevere, uh, search John Bevere. Uh, he did one in the Belonging Co. this year. It's fresh, it's anointed. And I just encourage you to listen to that message. And it's probably a good one to listen to once a year. Because if you know that the enemy is trying to dislocate you from your divine connections, then we've got to understand his strategy and how we fight back against that strategy. Somebody say, I'm going to give me a wave if you're going to listen to that in the next week. Okay, there we go. That's good. Very responsive. Thank you. I almost played it this morning. I felt like the Lord say, preach and tell them to listen to it. So 
bam, double banger. All right, so let's talk about how divine connections are formed. How, how, do, how does God set up divine connections? I think we have to understand this. We have to understand that if your purpose is to find friends, it won't necessarily happen. But if your purpose is to serve God's purpose and understand what He's about, then you'll have a rich relation, a group of relationships that form around your life. Jesus said this to His disciples. After they'd been with Him for three years, He said, I no longer call you servants. I now call you friends. Jesus didn't go around looking for, oh, I'm looking for my 12 friends. Who's my 12 friends? Oh, I like you. You like footy. We could be friends. I like you. You're in business. We, I like you. Carpenter. Yeah, okay. Similar interest. He didn't go around. He, he actually chose people for a divine purpose. And then when they locked in on the divine purpose as servants of God, then after that relationship was established, he said, now, because we're going in the same direction in our life, I no longer call you just servants, but I call you friends. If you can get one thought today is friendship follows purpose. Like God friendships follow divine purpose. So I want us to have a look at the Apostle Paul. And he writes a letter to the Philippians and it's one of his most beautiful, loving letters. Not much correction going on, just this beautiful letter. And he says in verse 25 that the, the church in Philippi had sent some, um, some stuff to help him out. He was in prison and uh, they'd sent it with this cool dude called Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus, or uh, the, the, the fro as they probably called him, uh, I'm not sure they did. But anyway, Epaphroditus uh, bought this, bought the gifts. He almost died in the process. Uh, the church heard about it. They were worried about him. Paul writes this beautiful letter in, 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 to the church in Philippi, sends it back with him. And this is what he says. Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother. Say brother fellow worker, say fellow worker, and fellow soldier, your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Paul in this one verse sums up kingdom relationships. He summed up the foundation for deep, authentic friendships. This is, what, this is how Paul did it. He, and, he, and he went through three things. He said, you're my brother family. He said, we're fellow workers, so we're on mission together. And we're fellow soldiers, we're in a fight together. Three kingdom dynamic relationships. Divine, when you understand these levels of relationships or types of relationship, you will form a divine connections that will be so life-giving. All right, the first one is this. Brother, so he calls him his brother, which tells us all that the foundational relationship for every believer is family. We are family. Come on, everybody. No, 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 no. I know, Brendan, you'd love to, but we won't let you today. We're family. We're family. We're, we're, we're our Father who art in heaven. Not my Father, not just your Father, but our Father. When, we, when you get born again, you become straight away a son or a daughter of God. You become, it's radical and it's hard to wrap your head around, but you become a brother or sister of Jesus. 
a joint heir with Jesus and we become part of the family. Now, for some of you, that's an awesome thought because you've got a great family. For others of you, you're like, no way. My family is so screwed up, I do not want another one. You're like, okay, well, God can do some work in your natural family, but, but this family, the church family, not, not just the family of a church, although that's where it's expressed in a local church, but the body of Christ, the, the family of God. It's a beautiful, glorious, messy, wonderful, awkward, phenomenal, challenging, amazing expression of God and His love. And it will, you know, Jesus said, you're going to get offended when you're in the family. Come on, put your hand up if you haven't been offended yet. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It's coming. It's like, I guarantee, like a freight train, it's coming your way. That's why you got, we've all got to listen to John Bevere's message, all right? Just, just telling you, it's, it's going to happen, all right? So when you're in family, come on, we've all got weird Uncle Bob or someone like him. We've all got someone who turns up to the Christmas party once a year and we're bracing ourselves because they try to kiss you on the lips and it's really awkward. Come on, who's got one of those? You've, we've all got, no, anyway, it's all right. We've just, we've just got family and families weird and families awesome. And the church can be weird at times and it's awesome, but that's the relationship. And so here's the, here's the foundation of family. The, the foundation of family is that, that, that we're all equal. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Before I am your pastor, which is not about so much about family because God's our father. Before I'm your pastor, I'm your brother. Might be your big brother or it might be your little brother. But I'm your brother. Then he yells, your sister. We, we are family. Come on, that's, that's who we are. That means we, we, you know, Paul says, Timothy, treat the younger girls like your younger sisters. Treat the older guys like your fathers. It's family. It's like you're, even though you're a pastor, it's not about rank or hierarchy or structure. It's about love. That's what, that's what family is about. Family is about love. Now, here's a few things about family. Every family uh, ha has a, a few things going for it, but, but here's three that I thought of. Every family has some rules. Every family has some rituals. And in a family life, you have some responsibilities. Come on. Now, the rules may be spoken or not spoken, but in, every, in, in my family growing up, there were some rules. You don't disrespect your mum. Come on, you, 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 you don't just leave your, your plates lying around. You put them in the sink. Come on, who's got some rules like that in your family? Uh, there, some more serious rules about the way you treat things. Yeah. Uh, some, of the, some of the rules follow the, the whole idea in our family now as parents is this is not a hotel. Okay, this is not a hotel. We said that to our son. He said, oh, be careful. I'm going to give you a bad review on TripAdvisor. <laughs> like exactly the mindset we are not going for right here. Yes, it was Jackson, for those of you asking. <laughs> we are, we, we're not, we're, we're family. So when you're family, there are some rules. You can't have family without some sense of structure and rules and the way that things should work. And Jesus gave the big rule for family. He gave the big rule for church family. You know, you know what it is? A new commandment I give unto you that you love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other and the love that you have for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
Handing out a brochure this week is gonna be a really powerful moment. But if you have been bagging out your, your fellow Christians on Facebook, you have just undermined the value of whatever we're trying to hand out because by this they'll know. They'll know that you're, you're a follower of Jesus. Sorry, Beck, we'll have a, we another one. <laughs> They'll know you're a follower of Jesus. Why? Because you love one another. That's the, that's, that's the big rule of church family. Love God, love each other. Love God, love each other. Bite your, t- bite your lip. Squeeze your fingers and don't go on the keyboard. Oh, I feel a conviction in here. This is awesome. All right. That, that's the rules. Now, every family has rules. Every family has rituals. I remember growing up, we had some, some Christmas rituals. I grew up in a farm. So we could get the Christmas uh, presents from under the tree, but we had to wait till Dad had milked the cows before we could open our real presents that were bought for us. That was just a ritual. And then once a year, we'd have bacon and eggs. And, and good families have good rituals. Because rituals bind us together. We sit up, you know, as we raised our kids, just like we grew up like this, we would make uh, probably five out of seven nights a week around the dinner table. We'd sit up around the dinner table. As the kids got old enough to have a phone, the phones would be ditched. And we'd, we'd talk and we'd engage and we'd talk about our day and we'd try and learn. And, and that's just a ritual. We'd have a ritual that one Monday night would be dessert night in our family. And then as our kids got older and were all over the place, Monday night would be family dinner and you, you just didn't do stuff on Monday night because it's a ritual. And there are rituals in our marriage and there are rituals in our families that make family work. So what would be God's family's rituals? Because we're family, right? And if the rule is love one another, then the ritual is this. Uh, You find it in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the preaching of the Word, to fellowship, hanging out together, to the breaking of bread, which is hospitality and remembering what Jesus has done, and to prayer. So if if, if you're going to really experience the family of God, then it's not that the pastors did all the work, it's that we devoted ourselves to the rituals. The rituals of being in church, listening to preaching, of meeting in small groups, of going out after church, but having lunch with other people. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes the family life rituals, I don't feel like doing them. I'm too tired for family dinner. Leave me alone. I want to watch a video. But once it's a ritual and it's established in your life, at the end of it, I'm like, geez, I'm glad we did that. That was so life-giving. That's the point of rituals. And they're the four rituals of, of the family of God, that we gather together for the preaching of the Word, that we meet together from home to home, we share meals, we have fellowship, and we are committed to prayer. That's the rituals of the family. Who's with me today? It's like, now here's the big mistake that we can often make is we can put, we can think of church like the Surf Lifesaving Club. It's an optional extra. It's something that we volunteer in because it's, it's a good cause. 
It's something we train in. It's something we give some money towards. And, and it's a great community organization. And if you're thinking that the Church of Jesus Christ is a good community organization that I'm going to give some money to and some time to, and, and it's one of the things over here that I do, you're missing the point of being part of family. The church, the Bible says, is, is the world is peripheral to the church. Once you work out that my life is found in this community, this family, and I'm devoting myself to the family of God, then everything else builds around that rather than I can't quite fit this stuff in. All right, we're doing well. We have rituals. Churches have rules. Our families have rules and rituals. And then we have responsibilities. Oh, I love this. I got responsibilities as a kid of mowing the lawn, responsibilities as a kid of milking the cows, responsibility of, of washing the dishes. Remember what that was like before dishwashers? I mostly remember having flicking tea towel competitions with my brother. That was like, I, I, he had really hairy legs. It felt like created a little bit of barrier. But if you could get the end of that tea towel wet enough and you just the right, bam, crack. And, and anyway, sorry, just anyone, anyone with me on that? Anyone? All right. Don't, thank you. All right. And my parents would say, this is bonding. I'm not sure it actually was, but you wash, I dry. And we, we would have chores. We would have responsibilities. Now, I could never, I never tried this. I wish I'd thought of it, but I never tried this. Sorry, mum and dad, but dishwashing is not my core gift. Like, I did the survey, came up with leadership as one of mine, and I can organize my brother to do the dishes. That would be awesome. But that's, that's, that's not how it works. Because when you're in family, you do what needs to be done. You take out the wheelie bins, you clean up the dishes, you wash, you, you, do, you just do the stuff because it's family. Am I right? All right, so, and now it's a different component of your relationship where your gift comes to the fore, but when it's family, so, so I would just, I would suggest if you're part of the Connect group, it's family, just say to the Connect group leader, what, how can I, what responsibility can I have in this Connect group? Because I'm family. Can I bring some food? Do you want me to ring some people? I, I'm, I want to be part of the answer and, and I'll just do that because I'm not here to consume, I'm here to contribute. That's family. So when people come to our church and, and step into this, the, the zone, I'm just like, well, the best way to form relationships is just be part of the family and serve. Just, and you're like, well, where should I serve? Well, wherever we need and wherever it can work for you. And your gift will follow. But family, just serve. We just pack up chairs. We do all sorts of different things. That's just what family does. We have rules. We have rituals. We have responsibilities. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're serving on the church, on the team. <laughs> Woo! All right. Moving along. I'm, I'm doing so good here. All right. That, that's one type of relationship. There are, the next one he went on and said, fellow worker. So we're family. But if it just stops at family, we're not going to experience the fullness of the kingdom and the relationships that God has formed you for. So he said, he said Epaphroditus, he's, he's my brother, but he's also a fellow worker. Uh, another version says he's a co-laborer. He's, he's a worker. He's, is he paid? I don't think he is. 
He just understands that when you're in the kingdom of God, there's work to be done. I'm not, now, I'm not talking just about the chores, the basics. I'm talking about the, the work. And let's just look at two quick scriptures to understand this. First one, Jesus said, Matthew 9, 37, 38, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The workers are few. What's the workers for? The harvest. People who aren't in relationship with God yet. There's so many of them out there ready to connect with God, Jesus said. What we need is not marketing, and I'm not dishing, marketing helps the workers. That's the core thing. Beck resources us to do the work of the ministry of inviting friends into a relationship with Jesus. So that's, that's the work. We're all called to be workers. So one of the work is that, that work of the harvest. Then another type of work, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he gave himself uh, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Oh, great. They must be all the workers. So we can sit back and go, good job, evangelists. Good job, pastors. Good job, teachers. No, no, no. Why? For the equipping of the... That's... Everybody, everyone who's born again is now a saint. I know you might not feel like it today. I, might not, I know you might not have acted like a saint this week. But because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you're standing before God as a saint. And so the equipping of the saints, what for the work of the ministry, for the, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ. That tells me when, we're, when we understand that we're family and fellow workers, that there's two types of work to be done. There's the work of reaching people who don't know Jesus. That's for all of us. And then there's the work of strengthening and building up people who are part of the family of God. And that's where your gifts begin to come to the fore. Your gifts don't come to the fore because you're family. You just do what needs to be done because you're family. But when you commit to the work of either reaching the lost or strengthening the church, building up the church, and your, your heart is to serve, then you start to find some grace streams flowing in your life. Maybe you're, you're an evangelist, or maybe there's a, an ability, a supernatural ability to reach people for Christ. Maybe you're full of encouragement and love for other people, and that's part of the grace on your life. And you begin, your gifts begin to come to the surface, and others around you go, Man, when you, when you talk about the Bible, I just want to read it more. That's the teaching grace on your life. And so your gifts begin to come, but they don't, they don't come by, get, by doing a survey. The surveys might help you understand that when you're doing the work of building up other people, what you're good at and graced at. And most often it comes, and you've got, most of us have got some gifts we don't even know about yet because we haven't begun to exercise them. So we're fellow workers, when we become fellow workers. That's, so I would love to think, now I've destroyed the little thing there, the giveaway, now that, now that we're all committed to loving one another on Facebook and Instagram. I would love to, th I, would, I want to commission you today because just as Beck said, next, the next two weeks are the easiest weeks of the year to invite people to a church event. And Jesus said, lift up your eyes, the harvest is right. I want to, at the end of this message, I'm going to pray for us. I want to commission you for the work of, of the harvest. 
whether that's dropping, grabbing a handful and dropping them into the letterboxes of your street, whether it's you're a little more brave and you're going to door knock and hand them, whether it's at your workplace, getting one of those posters and asking, can you put it up, put it up putting it up at the gym, putting it up somewhere, whatever it might be, but it's like, okay, God, this week I'm going to not just be part of the family, I'm going to be a worker. And there's an anointing that comes on you when you're a worker. And the last thing I want to talk about is he says, you're not, we're not just fellow workers, we're, we're uh, fellow soldiers. We're co-laborers and we're fellow soldiers. That tells me there's a war. That tells me there's a war, but not with the family. You've got to get these things right. Jesus said, we, we wrestle not, no. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. It's not Uncle Bob. There's a spirit going on. And apologies if you are Uncle Bob today, just by the way, or if you're watching and your name's Bob, just God bless you. There's a, Christianity is played out not in a playground, but a battleground. And you won't live to the fullest until you understand that we're family, we've got a job to do, but we're also in a war. And if you just think we're in a war, you'll miss out on all these beautiful love and relationships. If you just think we've got work to do and we've got to do, 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 you'll miss out on, on so much of what God wants to pour into your soul and you won't fight the battle in the spirit the way you're supposed to. You'll grind it out on your own. But we're family, we're co-workers and we're fellow soldiers. We're, we're, we're called to pray together. This week we'll be praying as a church. Now, last little while we've been doing Tuesday nights, but because it's the first Wednesday of the month, it's Wednesday morning, not Tuesday night. I'd love you to come and pray on Wednesday morning. We're praying for revival in our church. We're praying for a move of the Holy Spirit. I want us specifically to pray into these next two Sundays that, that you know, because it's one thing for people to come to church. It takes, it's, it's, it takes a, a working of the Spirit of God even for some people to come. But then we're praying that the, the Spirit of God will remove every obstacle and every blockage that stops people from responding to Christ. I, I want to ask uh, if this next two weeks, if you would join me in doing something. And I'll just, it's real simple, but it, it's, it's, it's the fellow soldier thing. And it's where we're going to say, all right, because we're on mission, church. We're called to reach people for Jesus Christ. It's our true north. But it doesn't happen outside of a spiritual battle. So I'm wondering if in the next two weeks, each week, if, I, I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to be doing is doing some fasting this week and next week. I, I try and do that reasonably regularly. And I'm going to pray specifically more into our services for people to come to Christ because it's not just putting on an event and some jumping castles and reptiles and fairy floss that saves people from hell. It's, it's fought by soldiers in the spirit realm, all right? That's, that's what happens. So, so I'm going to ask, would you, would you be prepared this week and next week to fast at least a meal and pray for at least an hour for our services for people to come to Christ? It might be in one moment, an hour. You might do it across the week. But if you're committed, you're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to commit to fasting at least a meal. Might be two meals, might be more, but I'm going to fast at least a meal and I'm going to pray at least an hour each week for the next two weeks, specifically into these services so that our friends and family 
have that first step and towards an encounter with God, would you wave, give me a, raise your hand if you say, I'm gonna do that, I can do that. I'm, I'm stepping up to be a soldier right now. Can we stand to our feet right now? These, these things, when you understand them, you're like, how does this message relate to divine connections? I tell you, people who understand those three realms and are committed to them form authentic, meaningful, God-breathed relationships. It's just, it's just the, it's the way it is. They, these are the foundations. It's because when you're fighting with someone in prayer and you're standing beside them and believing God together, hearts are knit together in a supernatural way. When you're serving alongside somebody else to strengthen the church, hearts are knitted in a similar way. Why? Because your life's going in the same direction. This is what I'm going to do. For this, no, I'm not worried about time right now. It's all right. If you're, gonna, if you're committing to invite someone to our, one of our services in the next two weeks, I want you just to grab this and come down the front because I want to pray over you right now. You're like, yep, I'm going to invite somebody. Maybe it's go and set it up, go and put it, put it up at a, at a gym or whatever it might be. You're like, God, this is the work of the ministry. This is the work of of the ministry. I'm going into the harvest field to invite a neighbor, to invite a friend, to, 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 to specifically. You're thinking of them, you're like, come on down. And I'm gonna, I wanna commission you as workers in the harvest right now. Workers in the harvest right now. You're gonna door knock, you're gonna put them in letterboxes, whatever it is you're gonna do. All right, we're gonna pray together right now. Father, Lord, I commission each person standing here today. Lord, you know you've got some divine connections already set up. You've already created some friendships. Lord, there are bridges that have already been built, neighbours who are already known. And I'm praying right now, I commission every person today to go in the name of Jesus, to, for there to be moments of invitation, moments that will be powerful. I pray, Holy Spirit, that there'll be divine prompts. Lord, that there will be the right words to say, the right people. Help us see people the way that you see people. I pray right now, the supernatural anointing of God, divine connections. Anoint the workers for the harvest, I pray. Anoint the workers for the harvest. We're your workers. Lord, as I do this, anoint me, anoint us for harvest, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can head back to your seat right now. We're family. We're workers in the harvest and strengthening the church and we're fellow soldiers. We're praying together. You can grab your seat when you hit, back, hit there. For those of you who are watching online, come on, be a fellow worker with us. I want you just to close your eyes right now. Today we've been talking about divine connections. And I'm not sure where you're up to with your relationship with God, but I want you to know that you're created for relationship with God. That's the primary purpose. That's where all of this meaningfulness comes out of when you connect to God. 
That's where the great sense of purpose for your life will flow out of your relationship with God. If you're sitting here today and maybe you once had a relationship with Him or walked with Him, maybe you've kind of grown up believing He's real, but you just don't have a personal relationship. Maybe you're not sure when you die you're going to go to heaven. You hope you are, but you're not sure. I want you to know today, I want you to leave this place with a confidence that you're right with God. So this is what I'm going to do in a moment. I'm going to ask if you're, if you've never invited God into your life, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as His Son for the forgiveness of your sin. In a moment in your seat, I'm just going to say, raise your hand if you want to make that connection with God today. And I'll say, I see your hand and you can put it down. If you're watching online and you've never done this before, today's your day to connect with God. He loves you so much. When you connect with Him, things are going to change. If you once walked with Him, but you've drifted away and it's time to get back right with God in a moment, when I ask, I want you to raise your hand as well. Say, John, I want to get right with God. I want to come back to Him today. Something's not right in my heart. I've drifted away from Him and I need to make Him my number one again. If that's you in a moment, I want you to raise your hand. I want to get back right with God. Or if you're just not sure when you die, you're going to go to heaven, then I want to include you in this prayer that we're all going to pray together in a moment in your seats. So if that's you, you're saying, I want that relationship with God. Something's missing. Or I want to get back right with God because I've drifted away or want to be sure I'm going to heaven, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. Thanks, mate. I see your hand. Who else right now? Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Thanks, buddy. I see your hand. That's awesome. Who else right now? Would you raise your hand if that's you? Just say, that's me today. I want to get right with God. I want to, I want to connect with Him in a powerful and a meaningful way. If you're watching online, there's a, just in the chat, there'll be some way to connect right now with our team so that we can help you build a relationship with Him. Looking around the room one more time, if you're saying, that's me, something's not quite right in my life and I need to connect with God, would you raise your hand up as well? Because I want to include you in this prayer. All right, fantastic. We're going to pray together. Say these words after me. Together, those who raised your hands, I want you to pray after me. Those online, join with us. If it's your first time or you're coming back to Christ, say this. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my son, for my, my sin. I'm sorry. And I'm turning to you today to follow you with all my heart. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today. I'm forgiven born again, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for these guys. God bless you. You're amazing. If you're new to your relationship with God, you're now part of the family. And what we do as a family is we gather every week. So keep coming to church. That's the way you're going to get to know God the most. We've got a course we do called Alpha. And I'd love you to, to jump into that. It'll explain a lot of the basics of Christianity and all about Jesus. So magnificent, magnificent. I saw Lani. I know I'm handing back to you, but he came and he left again. 
Oh, all right. Everybody in church has to hug Lani today and say happy 50th birthday. Dave Crowder, back to you. God bless you, church. Thank you.